can tell from your expression. You fully expect to be punished. I'm pleased that you returned, though Ray believed in you all along. Naturally, you knew what would happen, what you'd face when you returned. Releasing a prisoner, striking fellow crew members, unauthorized use of a mobile suit, contact with the enemy. I have never heard of such a blatant disregard for regulations. What were you thinking, Shin? Did you feel sorry for the girl? She was still... She was going to die. <sighs> There's no use denying it, Captain. You knew. Shin! She may have been one of the Alliance's extendeds, but Stella was still human. I can't believe how she was treated. What did you mean, obtain data when you autopsy her? <sighs> She's not a thing! Nobody gave a damn if Stella lived or died. The Earth forces are cruel, but Captain, you guys are exactly the same. Careful, Shin. I won't deny it, but it still doesn't make what you did any more acceptable. The plain and simple truth is that she was an extended created by the Earth Alliance, and we had specific orders from headquarters to ensure that she was delivered to Gibraltar. Defying orders because of a personal opinion is unacceptable. I have no choice but to report this matter to headquarters. I'll inform you of your punishment later. Until that time, Shin Asuka and Ray Zabarel are to be confined to the brig. And welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that now has to watch Destiny. My name is Jeremy. I'm Tyler! I don't know why I said it that way. I was going for a Dracula thing and then messed up halfway through and now I'm a ghost. You're super spooky. Spooky! My name is Zach. Yeah, I was going to say, how did you mistake Dracula and a ghost? They're like <laughs> the opposite horror monsters. Although, very funny thing, off the mics, when we got here today, uh, we're recording too. Well, of course, I have to pull back that curtain today. Uh, but when we got here, I was like, oh, I haven't quite finished the second episode yet. I have to finish it up. I'll be right out, guys. And we could only hear a woman screaming like it was a <laughs> horror movie from where we were. <laughs> yeah. I heard you guys good. laughing at some point. And I assume that was why. But <laughs> yeah, because that's all we could hear. It's like, well, I mean, you know, you've been doing this for a while when that doesn't even cause you to bat an eye, I guess. I mean, that's just anime. Yeah. There's more true than I'd like to admit a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, but usually the girls aren't allowed to scream. That's fair. Spoilers, also. Depends, I guess. You're right. We watched Phase 31 this week, The Endless Night. It's not a very endless night, I feel. No, we're three-fifths of the way through. It's a bad title, I'll agree <laughs> with you there. What? What's your better title for this episode, Tyler? This isn't a game we play, but it is this week. Oops All Nukes? Oh, wait, no, we already did that one. Big Zam, take two. Once the Destroy Gundam is mass-produced, we'll put an end to Zaft in no time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really surprised that they're not mass-producing this. I'm actually really surprised that Jabril isn't using this as a market marketing opportunity for his <laughs> like, big new robots. Yeah, he should have just gotten Orb to buy Destroy Gundams from him, right? Since yeah. he's an arm deal, that should have been his plan. Yeah. He should have been like, Orb, you don't have to join us. You just have to buy my Destroy Gundams and five easy payments of, <laughs> yeah, of your nation's ideals. The problem with that is the whole idea of the Destroy Gundams 
going to be affordable for anybody. Because have you seen how much stuff is on that thing? No, again, it's a government who's buying it. So I mean, I know governments still have a budget. Like you can't just make your entire army consist of the most expensive thing in existence. Watching the way the U.S. military operates, I'm not convinced they have a budget. (laughs) Also, spoilers, we get the destroy gun in this episode. I was more concerned that they had it laying around in an unused warehouse, just sitting there, I guess. They say it's finally complete. So they were working on it. I just assumed that it had been sitting there for a while, and they're like, oh, now is the time we should use this. Yeah, they'd been building it. Remember, Rundle had secret plans for it, and Jabril had secret plans for it. And they were like, secret plans. So in Jabril's never-ending chess game that he's playing every time we cut to him... Do you mean Durandal or actual Jabril this time? Sorry, no, I feel Durandal. Like, I know Durandal's always playing chess. It would not surprise me if uh, Jabril <laughs> is also, although he seems to be too busy watching Fox News, CNN, and, and SNBC on his 90 screens. Nah, see, they're playing by mail. <laughs> I was going to ask which piece the destroy is, but uh, jumping back a thread, because the answer to that doesn't really matter. Jabril, obviously, is just like a brunch girl because he's always drinking like some wine or something. So. <laughs> and talking to his girls. Yeah. And also uh, the cat that he has at all times. <laughs> it's like his uh, purse chihuahua, except it's a cat. Yeah. He's the worst Bond villain. Worse than whoever the villain from Rushless Love is. I don't even remember the villain in that. Yeah, it's not a good villain. All right. So if you're just joining us for some reason, we have three main characters now. Kira Jesus Yamato. He's the best boy, I guess, by default. He started dating a pop idol and they ended a war, but they did it through force of arms. So now another war is happening and they're essentially questioning themselves and whether or not it was the right thing to do. Well, Kira is. I don't think Lacus is. I don't think we have three main characters anymore. I think one of those characters got their main character status rescinded. Yeah, but he got saviored. Then there's Atherin. I never betrayed anyone, Zala. He <laughs> used to be a main character, but he was not doing anything with it. So Kira was like, no, bad. And he took it away. I take away your arms and your ability to be a character. No, see, Atherin was trying to be clever, so he stored his main character status in his mech's right leg. You should never do that. I understand that the toe knife is pretty cool. The savior didn't have toe knives, though, and that's sad. And then there's Shin, I sunk your battleship, Asuka. Who is a smarmy little shit, that's for sure. <laughs> Who is currently in the brig because he committed war crimes. Or is he get thrown in the brig at the start of this episode? He didn't commit war crimes. They were crimes in war. They, they're I guess, not, that's they're true. not war crimes. He committed there military specific crimes. specific differences. Uh, yes. You're, okay, yes, you're right. By taking a sick robot girl and giving them back to the enemy. A sick, speci- well, uh, yeah, I guess naturals can be robots, right? They're okay with cyborgs or just not okay with genetic engineering. Yeah. Okay. It, hypocrisy guess. is the point. <laughs> I know. I just okay. I guess actually, there are very few cyborgs overall in this series. Yeah, I assume the ex- all the extended are cyborgs, but we never get that completely confirmed. I assumed so based on all the brains in cases that we got earlier, and they don't seem to last very long. Then there's Waltfeld. Oh yeah, Waltfeld's <laughs> definitely a cyborg. That's fair. I mean, he's like a regular. I have a prosthetic arm cyborg, but arm is a gun. Well, to me, I could, in real life right now, I'm sure someone can make a prosthetic gun arm. Okay, there. <laughs> it's, um, it's not super, it's not. I feel like the recoil is a problem, but. Yeah, yeah it depends on fair. the caliber, I think. If it's just shooting lemons, it's fine. I was more like talking about future cyborgs that have like okay. some sort of augmentations that are cool. There aren't a lot of them in Gundam, right? Like yeah, the cyber new types, again, they're implied to be cyborgs, but that's not what's important about them. And yeah. it's only implied. Well, I mean, there's the guys in G Gundam. Don't they all just wear suits? No, the dudes that are infected with the whole DG cell. Oh, okay. that's, that's like, like an organic virus. But it's a techno-organic virus. TM Marvel Comics. <laughs> um, yeah, that's fair. Also, there's Jabril. He's the worst vol- Bond villain. He's nebulously in charge of the Earth Forces because the president does what he says, even though he doesn't like it. 
and Durundle. He plays Ghost Chess. He's in charge of space. He's in charge <laughs> of fucking up military discipline. Oh, man. Is he ever. Um, I guess Ray's there, too. That's going to be important eventually, I assume. Yeah. The Hawk Sisters, the characters we like, they're there. They're also there. Luna doesn't get to do anything for a while because she got put on the injury bus. Well, I mean, at least that makes some sense as to why she's not doing anything because she's hurt. And not like Crygali, who just never gets to do yeah. anything. There's also Crygali and the Archangels, which are her <laughs> wing of orb soldiers who have shown up. No, isn't it Crygali and the Murasames? The Archangel is not on the like... backing track. The, well, that's what, they're the Archangels because now they deploy from the Archangel. Ah, yeah. okay, okay. Distinct from the singular Archangel. Is there anything I missed? I don't think so. Uh, oh, no, there's Neo, Neo fucking, fucking Roanoke. Roanoke. Yeah, he's also there. But when he Chin did a military crime, he was like, here, take this cyborg girl and please take her away from wars. He's like, yes, I wear a mask. That's how you can tell I'm trustworthy. <laughs> and then he proceeded to do exactly the thing Shin asked him to do. Yep. It's not mysterious and not going to go bad at all. Did I miss anything else? Millie's on the Archangel again. She oh, photographed true. wars, you know. That's true. Terminal still apparently exists. Yeah, well, more information on Terminal as we get it. <laughs> Which is to say, no more information on Terminal. <laughs> they have a factory. They call it The Factory. They build some robots there. Why is it called Terminal? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes, Tyler. I mean, Oracle is a much better name. Right? Yeah, but Batman's psychic took that. Yeah, I know. Also, like, if she was a hacker, Terminal would be a good name. True. Right? Yeah. But they're not. It's just or like Or if there was people. any information ever given on Terminal. I feel like they just chose it because it sounds cool. It's a real cool name. No, it's just somebody understood where the series was going. Millie should have just been an agent of Terminal and explained their deal, right? And be like, yes, yeah. I've been pretending to be a photographsman, but actually I'm a member of Terminal. Please have this intelligence. Now, that's why you know it. it would also and that's make, why we'll go do this thing. It would also make a lot of sense for Millie, since Terminal is evidently attached to Lacus. Yeah, and then we could have a scene where Millie is like, Lacus, you have to go to space. Terminal needs you. They need a symbol of leadership but that has pink hair and is cute. Only you can do it. <laughs> I actually feel like Terminal is just the name for, like, Lacus's emo band that she wanted to start. <laughs> it's her side project. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just got co-opted by other members who were like, maybe we should make this a spy network or something. So we're... One of them does play sweet drums. DaCosta, right? <laughs> no, DaCosta's bass, for sure. Yeah, DaCosta's a bassist. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's definitely the bassist. And maybe backup vocals. I feel like he's too quiet. Like, he's too much of a bad... He wanted to be, but Walfit was like, no, you can't do that. Drink some more coffee first, kid. Call me in the morning. All right, so we were watching Phase 31, The Endless Night. You can watch along on Crunchyroll or YouTube, or if you have the ancient DVDs, or if you're listening to this in the future, and they've released the new DVDs, you could watch them on those. I don't think the upcoming Collector's Edition has the Destiny stuff. No, but they are planning to redub Destiny next. Why? The same reason they redubbed the original? Yeah, also but the original why? is good. They sell about as well, though. Why? Because money. We've got to have more money. No, but why does Destiny sell as well as Seed? Um, Destiny is terrible. More boobs. I actually think it has about the same number of boobs, actually. Uh, well, I mean, Mayron and Luna are also there, but and, and Gladys? the previous one had Flay and... Natarl? Yeah, she's pretty Tarl. flat, but I'm not here to judge. I wasn't counting Talia because Maru and Talia are kind of equal, and since the two of them are... There is no joke in getting them build fighters about one of the dirty old men liking Talia the most because her boobs shake whenever the Minerva gets hit. But there is for one of those other characters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they never do they ever really show Talia's reaction whenever the Minerva takes a huge hit nope. like that? Occasionally, but it's never... It's not a Star Trek. It's a... Ugh, she grits her teeth usually when it happens. And then tells Arthur to do something. So in some way, they actually learned a bit of restraint <laughs> 
Yes. I or no, it, their restraint just shifted focus. <laughs> Were you going to say something, Tyler? No, I was going to say it's mostly also that, like, Talia is, like, a trained commander and stuff, and Maru was a field mechanic. So <laughs> Maru's always <laughs> surprised and flailing whenever something happens. All right, we start with last time there was a sick girl and Shin punched a dude. And by a dude, I mean a nurse. No, the, the Minerva just has better seatbelts. That's why they're on the dumb bridge thing. It actually lowers them to like a gyro. Yeah, Durandal's thing. like, I don't want anyone staring at my girl while they're shipping. I know what to do. <laughs> Shin's like, oh, I will protect you, Stella, because I promised. By punching a nurse. Then Ray punched some armed guards to help his bro Shin. So I'm going to do something that should by all means make me stare down a firing squad. I assume Zaft has more humane uh, methods of executing its soldiers. Hanging? Spacing. They just shoot you into space. <laughs> I thought Gladys specifically mentioned a firing squad, but that might have just been... Uh, j- execution, specifically. Yeah, she says okay. execution. Uh, in the dub, it might be firing squad. I don't know. Okay, I've not watched the, the dub case. for this. It's been a long time. Yeah. And Ray was like, you're giving her back, right? As long as you come back, I will help you, bro. I am only concerned with if you come back or not. You're coming back, right? And Shen is like, yeah. It's what fine. else would I do? Leave forever? So this is still just all <laughs> stuff that we've seen last yeah. episode. Go join the Three Ships Alliance that doesn't even exist anymore. We made that joke last time, too. But yeah. I guess if Destiny's going to reuse all this. <laughs> exactly. It's not been a good week for me, so I decided to watch the most recent episodes of One Piece, and that COVID did wonders for them. They now have less than 30 seconds of last time, which last nice. time I was watching One Piece, it was minimum five minutes. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, rewatching this actually kind of started to tell me that it's not so much that they have so many recap episodes in Destiny, or at least this one doesn't. It's it just, at the beginning of every single episode, there's like five minutes of recap I mean, the last episode. And there's lots of that in episode two, which again is something C did a lot. It just was way better about how it used its flashbacks. I remember being kind of surprising when Seed first did a last time on. And like, it's surprising when Destiny doesn't. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, my name is Neo Trustworthy Roanoke. That's <laughs> why I wear this mask, to show how trustworthy I am. Because you can't trust a man, but you can trust a symbol. Just ask Batman. I just have incredibly shifty eyebrows. You know, thinking about it, it does make a certain amount of sense as to why they would make him <laughs> wear a mask for uh-huh. Neo. Because that way you don't have everybody running around being like, oh shit, it's... <laughs> it's like probably the only reasonable explanation for a mask in Gundam. I mean, Char had a very reasonable one. That he was allowed to wear one is kind of questionable, <laughs> but he was like, no, I have horrible burns. I never betrayed anyone. <laughs> Actually, I think uh, Miliardo had the same reason of, I don't want anybody to know I'm Miliardo. Yeah, but the like people above him knew. That is true. And then Noin, who was below him, Babum Chick, check out What's a Gundam. <laughs> also new. <laughs> we talk all about Zex and Noin, the main characters, and how much we like those guys. Uh, and they're weird flirting by banging their swords together while back to back. It's the most weird sexually charged scene I've ever seen. <laughs> I forgot about that. We just have the opening. That's why everybody went quiet. I mean, I kept the quiet out. Yeah, but no one notices that. That's why everyone went quiet. So we open up in the mech bay of the Minerva, where Shin comes down on the lift wire to a bunch of armed guards who arrest him. He is so very arrested. It's weird. Half the mechanics look angry, and the other half just look baffled. Well, I get the feeling that the ones that look baffled are the ones that got here afterwards, and the ones that look angry actually saw him attack other people on board their ship. They're also people we've seen talk to Shin before, so they're probably like, a, like they heard that, and they're like, no, Shin couldn't have done that, and then they see Shin come, and they're like... <laughs> he seems like, like such, such a, a by the book <laughs> soldier. So Atherin and Luna are still waiting outside Mom's office. Shin then proceeds to avoid eye contact with Atherin and Luna, which, which I mean, is, I would too, I yeah. especially if I was he's Shin hand, age. He's, and he's handcuffed and all that. Retake that joke, especially if I was Shin teen years old. So Italia gets like, "Please leave armed guard. I have Arthur here to protect me." 
I hate armed guards when I am dressing down my no, head, pilots. Head cannon. Arthur's actually a badass military, like, hand-to-hand combat <laughs> champion. Oh, and Durandal was like, for my secret <laughs> plans, I definitely need this sweet hand-to-hand combatant to be the XO of my cool battleship. What better of a bodyguard for his girlfriend than this guy everybody thinks is a bumbling idiot? Okay, fair. Talia's immediately like, well, I can tell you're ready to be punished, given your expression and that you're not, like, making excuses or running away. Says, I'm pleased that you returned, although Ray believed in you. He's like, it, you knew what would happen if you came back there, right? Everybody is quiet as Talia starts reading off his crimes. They're pretty bad. I've never heard of that Kira Yamato kid and his foolish disregard for military <laughs> regulations. <laughs> to be fair, so this Kira is at least was not enlisted. Yeah, Kira yes. was number one on the other side. Number That's two, true. not actually enlisted. That is how he got off of his trial. But it was a breach of military protocol. They just did not apply to him. Well, I mean, yeah, so that that's actually one of the main reasons why I don't really mind that Kira did it. It's just because of the fact that he's not actually, he wasn't a soldier, so he didn't know what all the regulations would have been. This is another time where Destiny is getting in trouble because it has a actual military crew, which is so rare for a Gundam series. Because main character breaks military protocol and gets thrown in the brig is a super common Gundam trope. The teenagers on the white base were getting thrown in the brig every episode, and they all got out because Bright had to rotate somebody out to put in the Gundam when he threw the next person in for being a dumb teenager. But he was, you know, in enemy territory with no reinforcements, and the top brass didn't believe in him. So when they got boarded by enemy combatants, he was literally giving the nine-year-olds machine guns and telling them to let Amaro out because they needed him. Whereas the Minerva is fully staffed and has three pilots twiddling their thumbs now. Bright is sitting there at the on the bridge going, why didn't they build the white base with more brig cells? <laughs> I've actually just imagined, like, it's Bright's wayward ho- or home for wayward children. Yeah, yeah the white base. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually just thought of that. And actually, I think most of the mecha series I've seen do result in the main character being thrown behind bars at least once. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it's, it's usually like a thematic, like, you're learning your lesson and like it gives you time to contemplate and stuff. Yeah, well, because I was specifically, I'm like, well, the one of the other big ones is Eureka 7 where they aren't actually part of a military. I'm like, well, the, the main character actually does get thrown in what is effectively jail. I think twice, actually. I'm just saying I rewatched the original Gundam, or at least the compilation movies lately. And those white base kids made the crew of the Archangel look like upstanding adults who had their stuff completely together. <laughs> so Tali asked him why he did it and if he felt sorry for her. And she's like, she was dying. I know you are aware of it. Because uh, I, I heard you talking about it. And she's still a human being, so I decided that I was going to do what would save her life. Even though she's an extended of the Alliance, and my immediate reaction was uh, to this was, what the fuck makes you think I care? Well, but he's an idealistic teenager, so he is in the role to be like, hey, pro-life. Yeah, he says, you know, well, nobody cared if she lived or died. And it's like, actually, we did care if she lived or died, because if she died, we would have gotten less useful information. Exactly. Therefore, we did care. I also like, it was like, that was cruel, but you guys are just as bad. And Talia's like, I don't care. <laughs> Go it to doesn't the justify your actions. <laughs> she isn't extended. She is an enemy troops. And we were ordered to bring her to Gibraltar. That's what we had to do. It is utterly unacceptable to disobey orders based on personal opinion. I like how Shin gets angry about that. Like, you knew that, Shin. You, you are knew in, that. You're a, mili- you're a soldier. You should know this. Which is, again, why Amaro uh, or Kira, kids who were civilians that got drafted, basically, get to have this excuse. And then they even have people in their corner being like, hey, we just grabbed that kid from a colony and threw him into a mobile suit. We do have to cut him some slack. Yeah, he's never he Shin... been through military training or any kind of things like this. Whereas, like you said, Shin here is 
He's been through training. He knows all this stuff. And like I said at the beginning, I think it's a really interesting idea to have like an actual military cadet be the main character of a Gundam series. But they're going through all these Gundam tropes that work in those series because there aren't usually military trained characters. They should really have him act a lot more along the lines of, you know, a soldier instead of the rebellious teenager like they have the most of the other protagonists because he has been through military training and it would actually fit with the character idea of here's a trained soldier that they are going with instead of just yeah we're just going to make him like pretty much every other Gundam protagonist in his actions despite the fact that he should have a sl- at least a slightly different worldview zaft also lets 16 year olds enlist <laughs> so i don't know <laughs> again though the white base had seven year olds on that ship and they had multiple times said, here, seven-year-olds, take this machine gun in case the bad men get to you. And for what it's <laughs> worth, we did two. At a point, yes. In World War II, we did two. Yeah, I don't think we would let that happen now, but... Anyway, she's like, until oh, we get word from command, you and Ray are to be confined to the brig. So Atherin goes to talk to them, and then we see Talia, like, being frustrated about the situation. I'm like, you couldn't even wait until you cl- closed your damn door. She waited until Shin got out of earshot, I guess. Well, I mean, it makes sense that she'd be frustrated because, number one, she lost the asset that they were supposed to be keeping an eye on. And number two, two of her most talented pilots are both now in jail. Yeah, no, I get why she's frustrated. The fact that she can't wait until she's in private. Especially since she clearly could wait until she was done with the meeting. Well, it makes you wonder if uh, it was just one of those things where she finally lost it because she was keeping such a close rein on her temper the entire time through that. Or maybe she had some hope, like, okay, maybe Shin will have an excuse. Like, maybe he'll have a good reason. Yeah. Like, I know he won't, but maybe he will. I mean, the frame we posit on made Shin look entirely nonchalant about the situation, so... Ray's already brooding in the Bat Brig. I love how Athens like Metal Gear soliding his way down here, as if he can't just show his badge and be like, yeah, I, I, I want to talk like to the prisoners. I feel like it's more along the lines of, like, he can, obviously. Like, no one is going to tell him he can't. He's a faith member. They can't override him anyway. But I get the feeling it's more along the lines of he just doesn't want to talk to those guys right now. Yeah, he probably doesn't want to talk to anyone, but he feels like he has to talk to Shin. So cut to the Brig where Shin's like, hey, I'm sorry. And Ray's like, for what? And Shin's like, you know, it all happening. And Ray's like, you literally never even asked me to do anything, so you don't have to apologize. And then he asks if he returned her safely. And Shin's like, yep. And he's like, good. Then we're square. Shin's like, thanks. I know I have one bro with my back. And Atherin walks in, but he clearly hasn't anything prepared because he just says Shin's name. And Shin's like, what? And Atherin's like, I don't know. Like, I just feel bad. It seems like exactly what I did, and I didn't get shot. I got asked if I wanted to join the president's super secret military council. <laughs> uh, but that was after a couple of years. It was a different president, yes. Yeah. So you just have to wait it out, and in two years, they'll come to you. And Atherin just says, I had no idea you were so worried about that woman. Yeah, I think Atherin's blaming himself for like not understanding the situation and not being there to head I, it off ahead of time. I definitely feel like Atherin is blaming himself for basically not being a better mentor, more or less. Yeah, and I do like Shinsu's like, oh, it's not like I was overly concerned about her. I'm just the only one who is treating her like a human being. And that like he feels frustrated like he, and I guess Ray, because he now knows, are the only people who were treating her like she was a person instead of equipment. Which is like a common theme in Gundam, especially with cyber new type-like characters, which Stella is definitely descended from. And that's one's like, yeah, but like she was a pilot. She's killed people. And I finally accepted she killed Heine and not my boyfriend. I do like how Atherin points that out and says, have you thought about that? But Shin's like, yeah, but like it, she didn't do it by choice. And I d- actually do kind of like this dilemma of Shin being like, we signed up. So if we kill someone, we're responsible for it. She is basically a child. This is like the one time that the way they write Stella like kind of benefits them. 
I think even re- regardless, because it's not like how old Sting really had any other choice. Yeah, but she's the one that drives the parallel through the most, right? Yeah. They didn't, because like Sting and Owl kind of went into the uh, full sociopath mode, more or less. Owl especially. I feel like Sting could get a job in the private sector. If, like, I think he'd be fine, yeah. Like, I think he has the skill set and the temperament. Well, no, just, I don't know that they would allow him to, but... Yeah, they just went more, like, she's a lot less mentally stable after everything. But Athan does come back, like, that's even more reason you shouldn't have given her back. Because, like, she won't have a choice again. She can't leave on her own. They're not gonna just let her leave. And uh, Chances are this could happen again, foreshadowing for literally the next episode. Later on this episode. Or, yeah, actually, this episode. Shin comes back with, we should have done nothing and let her die. And the answer is yes. Atherin's answer is, that's not what I'm saying, but, like, your solution is bad. And Shin is like, she was in pain. She was suffering. And that guy made a promise. (laughs) He made a promise. He said (laughs) she would return her to a world that was far kinder. And I'm like, you have literally nothing to go on. It's just not like in Seed where Kira knew the guy he was handing him off personally. No, this is Neil Legit Waterman. This is perfectly legit dude trustworthy because he wears a mask. And Athens like, you're saying that promise makes it not a mistake. But Shin's like, hey, you don't understand. But Ray shuts him up and he's like, but also Athern too. You've yeah. said enough. You're clearly not getting anywhere. Also, we don't understand. The problem is that Shin is horny. <laughs> and it, Ray says discussing this isn't going to change anything. And I mean, technically speaking, he's right. But it can change future actions. I it, don't I don't agree with this. But. Understanding why the re- what, like what the reason was and why things happened is why you look at stuff and figuring out what was Shin's motivation. Because let's be honest, giving back an enemy pilot with getting nothing in return means you could possibly be getting other people killed and one of them might be Atherin one day. Or Shin himself, yeah, which almost happens. That's coming back on his own dumb ass. That's not getting somebody else killed. To be fair to the series here, I am 100% sure that Ray is just trying to cut Atherin off because he's afraid uh-huh. of him getting through and altering those future actions. Knowing more about what Ray's motivations? Yeah. I would also believe that, especially if he's a Rao aspirant. Especially since he says, and we don't know what the future could bring. And it's like, no, that's why we prepare for it. I really want to, like, work Rao and Acolyte or... Raucolite? Yeah. It's it's almost there? It's almost there. That's the only one I could come up with, though. A Raucolite? Nah. Rao the Crusader? Oh, ooh, ooh, that's pretty good. <laughs> Cut to some chess pieces and a picture of Shin and some important data scrolling. So we know our boy Durandal's up in here. That's got to be a good chunk of, like, Talia's report on the situation regarding Shin. That, that's my guess. I think it's independent information, but I mean, that your, your thing makes sense. Well, especially because it cuts to Talia right after that. Yeah. This is the joke that made me laugh. Oh, and I think r- I'm the, the only one steps? that got it. Or I'm, I'm, I might be the only person who, who actually made the joke laugh or it made laugh we cut to the russian steps to explain zach what zach is going to in the battleship bonaparte oh the Napoleon. oh <laughs> okay i didn't get that okay that's pretty good i'm probably the only person that actually got a laugh out at of least one that... other person did because someone made that joke i didn't notice that it was named the bonaparte yeah it is that's it is, pretty good it is the battleship bonaparte in the russian steps also it's one of those dumb like land crawler things from it is a land carrier <laughs> Yeah, from way back in the Desert Tiger arc. And so Neo is landing on it and apparently brought Stella with him. And Sting. And Sting. And some other pilots. I love that Sting's like, why are we bringing this weird girl? Why is she frozen in carbonite? I do like the callback to, more or less the callback, or at least, you know, the consistency where Sting doesn't remember her because they removed her from his mind. Yep. Although he does keep looking at her. I think he is preoccupied with her. I think there is something. Someone was like, oh, it was like something smithing. I think he was like, 
I swear, did we go to school together? No, I didn't go to school. I went to Murderland. Well, I, I, honestly, I don't really get that because he does ask Neo specifically, like, why are we giving the half-dead girl control over the super weapon? Yes. But he is like, hey, first off, what's this pointing at her? Well, it is a legitimate question. Why did we bring something that's half-dead with us? And he's like, you don't know things, so don't worry about it. But th- I can prepare for the future if you told me things. And he was like, nope. <laughs> Bye. At this, you don't need to know about this piece of information. It's it's a straight up dismissal of Sting that we haven't really seen Neo do before. As they walk by something under a big tarp. Yeah, don't worry That's about a the lot big of tarps. tarps. And anyway, Jabril's like, well, miscalculations happen all the time. Battle's chaotic. Which is not how you were acting before when you yelled at Neo to do things better. Yeah, but they didn't have a cool new destroy built then. And he's like, so I guess the Minerva was too much for you. But luckily, this destroy is complete, and I decided to give it to you. So with a destroy, you can destroy them, right? And so it's we, in the name. We and get, we get a sexy shower scene with Neo Roanoke and all and his scars. His heavily scarred backside. Neo, I am my scars, Roanoke. I thought that was Isaac. Oh, no, he got him removed. He got over it. Yeah, that's fair. That's Isaac. I can't believe I said I am my scars when I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> he has already realized what a shitty teenager he was. And because he was the shittiest and has done the most growing, he is the most concerned about it. Yeah, he's he's the guy that's like, I never want to see any teenager stuff from me. You're you're only 18. I never want to see teenage me again. You would not believe the terrible poetry I wrote. Especially after Nickel died. Anyway, Jabril's like, you gotta get rid of the rotten parts of something quickly or it'll start spreading. So we have to purge Eurasia because they're starting to sympathize with the coordinators who liberated them for Use us. the destroy. You can do it, can't you, Neo? With a big destroy? And he is clearly moping in the shower. He is conflicted. So the Archangel is launching about 90 to their destination. 90 what? It 90 miles, matter. 90 meters, 90 kilometers, 90 it's, goats. It's 90 whatever they normally measure it in, Zach. Camels. 90 camels. Yep, that's space measurement. Camels. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Melly is like, it looks cold. And they're like, that's why we built a hot spring on the ship. And Millie's like, oh my god, really? I forgot she hadn't seen them yet. Which well, I guess does confirm that they added it after the war. Not sure if that makes it better or not. Well, it makes it a little bit more understandable, I guess. Like I said, if you wanted to build it into like some kind of like Air Force One, basically. They were trying to convert it into like a luxury RV for like space road trips. No, I, there was initially a thought of making it into a cruise liner. <laughs> but then they were like, we'd have to remove all the guns and that removes a lot of like the appeal for people. You could call it the space Klein. I don't know. Anyway, we get expansion of a cruise liner. We get some expedition of, oh, I wouldn't have guessed the Kingdom of Scandinavia would give you refuge. So put Kingdom of Scandinavia on the list of important Gundam seed countries. <laughs> Wasn't it they've been the, mentioned before, uh, actually. Yeah, they've already yes. been mentioned. They were there earlier in the series. They were mentioned when uh, Azrael was talking about all the neutral countries. Well, and I think that's where they were before. Like, they were already hiding out in the Sc- kingdom of Scandinavia. Has that been mentioned already? I don't think I'm, it has, but I, I might be wrong. I'm pretty sure it has. And Kelly's like, anyway, only the king and his closest advisors know about that. I'm just grateful that there are still friends of my father out there somewhere. And so we get some exposition that the Kingdom of Scandinavia was quick to help him out in the last war, basically. And Kigali's kind of half ashamed that she has to rely on her dad's friends and all these military mans. But she at least will be like, I I guess I'll do it for now. But I shall return the favor someday. Make them sweet orb skis and reindeer, mecha reindeer. She says she will repay them by creating a government that never gives up, just like her father's. 
If anyone's like, yeah, lots of people hate the Sarens and are waiting for you to get back. We've got so. a rebellion primed, just like the Klein faction. <laughs> Unfortunately, they don't have a DaCosta, which is why it will fail. They also don't have a Lacus. Eh. Anyway, Lieutenant Junior Grade Redhair is like, I can't help but feel that the Alliance is to blame, even though I'm not good at politics for this entire deal. And also, Orb is technically in the Alliance. And Saren's an idiot for making that happen. Damn it, Yuna. She bows like, I understand. Please give me more time. Like, we got to get back to Orb, though, and start getting stuff together. Just need a little more time first. I do like that we have a focus on Kigali for this scene, but it does kind of feel to me like it's wasting time when it's basically the same thing we had with Kira last episode. Yeah. She gave a much better speech than he did, though. That's fair. She is a politician. I kind of wish she had done that in the last episode and instead of Kira. Yeah, I think I can agree with that. Then we get the eye catch. Hey everyone, while we're talking about the Sayrons, the Saitons, however you pronounce that, what do you think Gamer Dad's favorite game is? I think it's some sort of remastered version of Overwatch, because at this point it's probably old school again. Or he's playing that one obscure mobile suit fighter that we saw in that one episode, like way early on in Destiny. You, you know, that one. Anywho, thanks for joining us for another episode of Kigali Doesn't Get to Do Anything Useful That Kira Hasn't Already Done. Because I haven't plugged us in a while, hey, plug. If you haven't already rated us on whatever platform you listen to us on, because apparently not all platforms allow you to do that platform, then go ahead and do so. Or, you know, just go ahead and find someone you think might be a huge nerd and tell them about our shows, and then they might listen to us, and then you will have made a nerd friend. Also, whenever we manage to record two weeks in a row, which has been a surprising challenge recently, I think we might have a small-ish announcement for our Patreon patrons. That seems redundant. But also, we'll probably announce that in the Discord whenever we get around to it, and like 90% of the people who listen to this are also on the Discord, so you'll be the first to know by virtue of being the only ones to know. Also, I guess while I'm at it, hey, thanks to everyone who donates to us on Patreon. It means a lot to us, very sincerely, and we appreciate your continued support. I actually just went and checked the Patreon for the first time in like a couple of weeks to see if we had any new patrons, and we did. So, because I'm recording it right now, thanks, especially Katarina this week. Anyway, I'm going to let y'all get back to the episode while I ponder the logistics of having a hot springs aboard the Archangel. God, that bird. So Kira's moping on the snow bridge when Maru shows up and he's like, hey, sorry for slacking. And Maru's like, kid, you do not know the meaning of the word slack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just like, you've done everything so far, so you're fine. But actually, are you fine? I I do like how Maru specifically makes a point to come find Kira. He's like, yeah, your other mom, Lacus, isn't here, so I have to be your mom. I feel like in the intervening two years, Maru's probably had a lot of talks with Kira. On the other hand, Kira's literally been living with his real mom, so... But also Maru and Walt have been living with them, I think? They've been running near them, because they moved in with them after their house got blown up. Oh, okay, uh, that's right, I forgot about that. Although I do feel like, while he's living with his actual mom, there's still probably a lot of stuff that he could only really talk about with, like, Maru and Waltfeld. Because his mom was never a soldier and never trying to kill people or have people try and kill him. Yeah, she never photographed or kill her. So, like, Maroon Waltfeld can actually understand where he's coming from on stuff like that. Kira's like, I was just thinking, why am I fighting against Atherin again? It's like we're doing exactly the same thing as last time because it got good ratings. What? What? Are are you referring to the note where I'm like, you're fighting Atherin because he got a lobotomy between shows? (laughs) Yes. I liked your joke, so I felt it should be shared. (laughs) It's like, what if Atherin's right and Drendel is a cool dude who doesn't try to murder my girlfriend with assassins? What if he just wants to help and we're idiots? I mean, it's a legitimate question to ask yourself, but at the same time, 
you're a little bit past that at this point. And Maru basically tells him that, like, it's not a right or wrong thing. You're trying to help the people who are as closest to you. You just happen to have one more nuclear-powered robot and one more battleship mom than most people have. <laughs> I also would like to point out that I feel like that would have been an excellent point to uh, reiterate Lacus's advice that she keeps giving to everyone. Well, I don't know that Maru had that, although I do like how Maru's um, immediate response is, stop trying to take the weight of the world on your shoulders, goddammit. Yeah. She phrases it much kinder, but like that's basically what she tells him here. And like, she did hear- not responsible for the world. And she did hear Kira say that. So she can be like, it's like you said. She's like, actually, Lacus said that. It's like, then you should definitely follow it. She's a smart girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Lacus says, YOLO. Uh, anyway, she's like, yeah, I think the people who are, are important to us are the most important thing as we see the kids in the brig and the kids in the minority report pods. It's like, anyway, that's the only reason anyone ever fights. But sometimes we, we, we come into conflict, obviously. And sometimes your boyfriend sacrifices himself for you. So we get another shot of Moo being dead. Very dead. Like, I'm sure Atherin just wants to protect people, too. Cut to sad <laughs> Atherin eating with sad Mayron watching. Like, I swear that's reused footage. <laughs> it might be. And then it cut to Kigali <laughs> and specifically, like, zoomed in on Kigali's ring. Yeah, because Atherin's fighting for Kigali's ring back. I'm sure any minute now he'll betray Zaft and join us again. It's this just is, what he does. <laughs> you destroyed his old mobile suit, so he's just waiting to get a new top a new of the one line so he can go defect. I really like that. I'm just waiting for something to defect with. <laughs> I'm not going to bring you a crappy savior. And then Maru gives Kira an adorable head pat. Yes. Cut to the Bonaparte, where they've untarped the thing, but now it's connected to all sorts of wires. And Neo's like, okay, Stella, this is your new machine. And she's like, mine? New machine? I'm a Metal Gear Solid character now. It's like, yeah, you're going to have to fight against Stella. Ignore that promise I made to that boy. I probably deleted it. I don't know. Otherwise, but, scary things will come and kill us all. Which is... Kill us all! I'm not sure Kill if, us all! I'm not sure if it's supposed to be, like, Stella remembering the promise he made, or it's supposed to be implied to be Neo. I think it's supposed to be Neo actually feeling so, yeah. guilty over doing this. Yeah, and I think Stella was probably in no state to remember that, even if she, it wasn't deleted from her mind. Given the mental or at least not remember it clearly. Yeah. Because she was barely conscious. And he's like, they'll kill you too, Neo. And he's like, yeah, that's right. While not looking at her or like head patting her or anything. Just like being complete, As she's like crying into his shoulder and stuff, he is not moving at all. And he's like, yeah, you'll have to fight. And he does kind of comfort her at that. It's like, you can do it still, all right? You can get rid of all the scary things. You're four years old and that's how we've written you this entire time. And maybe it would have been good to have some scenes of me manipulating you like this before, but we want the viewers to think I'm an all right guy, so I didn't. Also, I gave you cool shoulder pads. Still, I get a determined look as the Bonaparte moves out. Well, Neo almost looks a little bit guilty about her being determined. It's hard to say, though, because you can it only see his mouth. It's ambiguous, yeah. I definitely think we're supposed to read it as Neo does not want to do this, but it's like, well. Yeah, well, I mean, it's also one of the things where Neo does, like, Neo seems to feel a little guilty over breaking his promise to Shin. Get to the Minerva being repaired, and Mayron's like, we got a level one coded message from headquarters. They're like, well, I wonder what's going to happen to Shin. Under normal circumstances, he'd be executed, but if they take into account that he has destroyed, I think, ten armies thus far, <laughs> then maybe they'll let him off with just a dishonorable discharge. Okay, so really quick, I do want to point out this new Gundam acronym for the destroy, because my god, it is you mean something. the G period, U period, N period, D, AM? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the Gunda Capital A lowercase F Fortress. The, the Gunda Fortress. Gundum Fortress. It is the gigantic unilateral numerous domination ammunition fortress. Oh, that's <laughs> was, a word salad if they, I've ever heard one. 
they were so close to making that almost make sense. Also, it's the Omni Enfarcer. Well, you look, it was built by an engineer who doesn't know how to spell the name of his own squad. <laughs> the Omni Enfarcer. You know, it's a farce, the system. Anyway. Yeah, it's the engineer just thought it was a funny joke. Save the world. What an Enfarce. Stella seems very happy that her operating system works. She didn't even have to program it herself. I think this is the only time that she gets referred to as a biological CPU. I do Gladys points out that we'll probably be punished too because we couldn't stop him. And Arthur looks like sad, but he's like, oh, I didn't think of that. I was going to watch movies tonight. So I think Arthur was like, man, I hope they don't like, but they probably will. And Tally said, he's like, yeah, now it's real. But anyway, they're both shocked by what they see. As, as the-, the X1 destroy lifts off. Stella looks very determined to kill all the bad things. Look at it. It has no arms. It's so silly. It's a big Zam with two big guns on it. It's in black, I guess. It's basically a UFO with legs, I think, is the best way to describe this thing. That's what Jeremy said. It's a big Zam with big guns on the top. Big Zam, at least, is like a bulbous thing with legs. Big Zam is rounder and less oval, I suppose. It's It's an egg with legs. I do like how Neo and Sting are both going out to protect the Destroy. Although Sting is whining about why he doesn't get one. Because as far as he knows, he's the only, like, member of the... Extended left. Yeah. Well, as far as he knows, he's the only one there's ever been. And Neo's like, because you weren't good. Stella was good, so she gets the Christmas present. She's like, but I'm much better than some mixed-up girl who's still recovering. Like, yeah, but she's more like a cyber new type. And no, there's no reason that we need a new type in this machine. This isn't the universal century. But she fits the archetype. So you go out there, and you're regular. You already have a Gundam. What are you complaining about? It's got funnels. And besides, she's got a relationship with the main with one of the main characters. Therefore, she's going to be more efficient at it. Plus, our data says that scared girls are better at destroying things than <laughs> smug boys. I'm now thinking of them in terms of Animal Crossing archetypes. <laughs> Although, I do wonder why they didn't launch all of the Wyndoms to cover this thing. Because we saw a bunch of them when it took off. Because what if they attack the Bonaparte and the Destroy has nowhere to go back to? Some guards come to get Shen, and we see... We and hear Ray. Ta- yeah, we see Talia reading over this footage that the matter of the captured extended escaping and surviving is most regrettable. I do like how he's the guard that comes to talk to him specifically says, get out. Like, I'm not forgiving you for attacking me or my guys. Well, it's like, I'm not treating you like you got off either. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he shouldn't. They, they literally attacked their friends. However, taking into consideration your ship's achievements to date. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he did a he committed treason. It's fine. And we see Durandal doing chess as <laughs> and Arthur is just honestly, this is an it, appropriate reaction. What his, the fuck is this? His flabber has been gasted. Exactly, yeah. His flabber has been geisted? And Talia stands up to read it as they bring Shin to the, I guess they had sent him so they could read him his sentence. So they probably don't even know yet, the guards. And Talia and Arthur are like how do we tell him? How do we deal with this shit now? Yeah. He was already a smug little bastard. So a zaft up, this isn't a Petri class, whatever Sexy Rambaral had. A, a bunch of Bakus and fl- Zaoots and Jins on Ghouls go to meet the Bonaparte. <laughs> wow. I think those That's, are Gazoots, actually. I just, they are. You're right. That list of suits almost sounds like, I don't know, some sort of menagerie. I wanted to be a Ghosts and Goblins level. <laughs> Zach is right. They are Gaza Oots because they have the cool beam weapons. But the Destroy has a Positron Reflector. Remember that thing that the crab had? It has one of those too. Well, it actually makes a bit of sense. If you're going to go for all the bells and whistles on this thing, including that makes a lot of sense. So it shoots its two giant double-barreled beam cannons. I guess they're pretty similar to the Freedoms, actually. They're just two-barreled. And just carves right through that battleship and that battle line in the city behind it. We see a bunch of people running and getting engulfed in explosions. Including civilians, importantly. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, the orders were just to glass the entire area. It had nothing to do with actual hit, you know, military targets. There are a bunch of destroyed Baku parts. Sting seems either constipated or uncomfortable <laughs> with this. Or bull. I think concerned at the destructive potential of this thing. I will say for uh, all the criticisms we're going to have of this episode, it does do a pretty good job of making the destroy look like it can do its job. Yeah, it does do a destroy. And we can already hear, basically, the gossip going around well, about it. That, and the... Uh, breakdown of orders since everybody is basically like what the hell like he got off on doing actually, a treason he did doing a, treason. a treason it's like yeah but he's our super ace didn't you hear Mayron? he's always like sword silhouette now nah, can't put that guy in the firing squad so the mechanic whose name i can't remember that shinno is like oh my god i'm so happy for you like i was super worried tomato hair and everybody like lunamaria and atherin are both shocked i kind of like how lunamaria actually's like, a little scared of like him. Like, starts to flinch away from Shin. Yeah, and Shin goes full, like, sarcastic polite to Atherin. It's like, sorry if I caused you any trouble. Yeah, he is a smarmy little shit here. Thanks for being my mentor and stuff. I learned everything I could possibly learn from you now, though, because I have surpassed you. You got to the destroy trying to be destroyed. They can't destroy the destroy. You can't destroy anything with a body. Well, the destroy <laughs> just bounces all of the shots out that are fired at it and apparently has 360 degree viewing angles. I mean, yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Most Gundams do. So there's a really cool shot of it blocking a Baku with its positron, with his arm, arm, which has one of the positron shields on it and then crushing it underfoot. Which seems unnecessary considering how many other things are going around, but okay. it's also got missiles. Which, again, look like they're crushing the machines before they even explode. A bunch of civilians, again, get swept up in the chaos. Maru is telling Kira a funny story about this About time. something or other. And, like, Kigali and them are just... Like, Kigali, I'm not sure what she's actually looking at. Main screen turn on. And Newman's like, hey, uh, we got information for Terminal. It bad. That's not Newman. You're right, it's not. I was hoping no one would notice. It's curly hair, whose name no one knows. Newman is the pilot, right? Yes, the helmsman. The helmsman. Yeah. The helmsman. yeah. So Zaft is obviously pulling out all the stops to try and kill the destroy. But the arms are funnels, and they have positron shields on them and beam guns. Only on the top. Yes, that the shields are exploitable. Yes, I would agree. Although I suppose it's possible they're on both sides, and it's only the top ones active because that's where it's being fired from. It's also got 360 degrees of beam cannons that can move. <laughs> Very slightly, they wiggle back and forth. All of Germany is on fire. I like the shot of the destroy standing in, like, just this perdition of fire that it has reduced the city to. Yeah, I actually, again, really like how devastating the destroy is. Now, again, we're only seeing sort of backline units. Presumably, this is not a military target. So Zaf doesn't have any Zakus even here. But it's still just destroying everything it comes across. Well, they had Bobbies and the Gazoots, which are two of them, like, the front-line units that they have. Yeah, but they mostly had Dins and Jins and Bakus, which, again, I like. Yeah, so it's probably just a smaller, like, garrison force. Anyway, Mayron whirs around, like, emergency message from headquarters. The Earth are attacking Eurasia, the entire continent, I guess. Three cities have already been destroyed, and all Zaf's forces are to go to emergency status. And Tally's like, what? Meanwhile, main screen just has the destroy destroying everything on the Archangel. Where is camera? It's terminal. Yeah, they just pointed a camera at it. Cut to Shin being smarby where he tells Athena, I guess there are people at headquarters who understand me. And this is where he goes full Yagami light. Look at this face. <laughs> Look at it. This predates the Death Note anime. Yep. It would be pretty funny, actually. If there are people who understand me. Yeah, you're benched. Somebody else is going. <laughs> that would be amazing. To be fair, it would be at headquarters. I mean, couldn't 
Athrid just take the impulse? Technically speaking, yes, he, he could. If he was told to, yes. No, no he, he, he's a faith member. He he's a faith member. It. He can just say, fuck off, I'm taking it. Yeah. I suppose that's true. <laughs> he's not I, going to because he's Athrin, but... Even Gladys couldn't technically tell him no. I think she can, I just don't know. I guess that would be decided in Zaft court. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> I wonder how faith court works. Well, the thing is, like, they specifically mention that faith members can't, like, give each other orders and they're outside the chain of command. As well as basically saying that they're free to do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, exactly. So Athrin so, could just go do it. I mean, Talia could ask him not to, and then he would be like, no, because he's Athrin. Yeah, like, he would he, just not do it. He could just take it if he wanted to. He and, doesn't, but... Anyway, she's like, that proves your perspective isn't the only one, Athrin. And Athrin's like, you're kind of a smarmy bitch. And Kira's like, hey, Maru, I'm going to go fight that giant robot. And she's like, yeah, I know. Well, I mean, this is a clear case of this is something we have to deal with. Like, this is literally what we're fighting to stop. Yeah. That is something that doesn't even give a damn if it's shooting at civilians or military targets. Kept inside to Stella, who's like, I have to get rid of all the scary things. And that's how the episode ends. With the nice, calm credit music playing over. Fire Stella being like, <laughs> I must destroy all monsters. Where is Godzilla? Clearly this was built to destroy it. <laughs> is Godzilla a scary thing? If sufficient exposure to Godzilla has taught me anything, it's that Godzilla is actually a friend. He's shaped like a friend. Yes, after the first movie. <laughs> but reboots are pretty common nowadays. That's fair. Have you seen Shin Godzilla? I'm sure the answer is no. No. It's I good. Have, have you wondered what would happen if Godzilla was an angel from Evangelion? No, but I am now. <laughs> it's called Shin Godzilla. It was directed by Aino. Oh. It uses wow. the Evangelion theme. Like whenever they're planning how to stop Godzilla, it's just the Evangelion <laughs> battle. Not battle theme, but the, the, the one with the drums, you know, the slow. Yep, yep. Playing it while they are planning. Do they deploy any Evas? They to do go not. Fight it? That's, That's the only sad. thing missing. So that does it for this episode. It's a slow episode, and again, I don't really like it for that, but it is at least effective in what it does. It feels like a slow seed episode where it is building tension and stakes. It also somewhat sets up in the same fashion as Seed does with the destroy basically setting up the next episode, which we can pretty well gather that it's going to be a pretty quick one. Because there's a big thing, getting ready to be fought. Well, and like, we haven't seen Kira Although, deploy, but he's on his way to his mobile suit when this ends. Given the way that Destiny is paced, it could be a clip episode next. I don't know. Well, yeah, but, like, the pacing is still set up for it to be not that. Them doing that or not is just them being idiots. Yeah, I also, I've been talking about a while now how Kira has very much become the main character. I feel like this is the episode where Shin kind of throws that away. Not that characters like Amuro weren't as unlikable as Shin is here, because he was. But this is pretty late in the game for that. It's like we said, three fifths of the way through, and it's not like a little valley. It's him like yelling at the guy we're supposed to like and being a smarmy jerk to him. Yeah, it's like Shin just gonna pull a heel turn for the rest of the series. Well, the the thing I have like with that, like that's fine if he's just like a smarmy ass, especially with as I said in the last one. I think it's also got a his antagonism towards Atherin is because of the fact that Atherin is mortal. Like he he's not perfect. Which, yeah, he had, like, a little bit of hero worship going on that got shattered. Yeah, the problem is, like, he comes out of it, gets his ass saved by divine intervention, a.k.a. known as the writer, and acts like, like I'm God's gift to the world, and that's what drives it. Like, that's why it feels so disingenuous. Yeah, the fact that he has no self-awareness about it. Yeah, he and he doesn't feel any kind of, like, remorse over attacking other members of his own forces. Like, yeah, he doesn't even apologize to the guards, right? Or the orderly or the nurse, that he knocked yeah. out. 
To be fair to Zack saying, hey, the writers bailed him out. Again, this is a super common Gundam trope of the main character does something that he should be executed for, but because of his skills and the specifics of the situation, he is let go. It's a problem, like I said earlier, about the situation being different from most of those series where Zaft isn't in as desperate a spot. And also the fact that usually the series is a better job of getting you on the main character's side, and which is, I think, the real failure here. It's also, like I've said before, it's not quite a show-don't-tell problem, but they want Shin to be this incredible super ace. And I think they've tried very hard to establish that, but the fact that Kira and Atherin are on screen with him has always been an impediment to that yeah. to the point where they have to have Mayron say like in addition to showing they also have to tell in seed when Kira hands Lacus back after the like trial he still is more self-aware of the fact that he because he still gets punished more than that like he's what is it like two or three days like confinement or something he's like confined to his quarters for a few days would and he's self-aware of the fact that he did get off on you know he, he got lucky because Nataro's sitting there trying to throw the book at him. That's because Kira's a good kid. <laughs> Kira's got some modicum of self-awareness, which yeah. is weird because he's terrible when it comes to social situations. It's because he's too in his own head. Exactly. He's I, too afraid of how other people are going to react. I guess that makes sense. But here, Shin is just like, yes, I always knew this was going to be how this worked because I'm perfect. It needs some setup, right? It needs a smaller bit where Shin did something really well and got off. You know, I'm okay with it happening this way because it's clearly all Durundal just saying yes. I need things to work this way. And I'm okay with that as a yeah. plot contrivance. Yeah, again, from a plot perspective, I'm A-okay with it. I'm talking about from a let's sympathize with Shin angle. Are we it, even supposed to? I don't yeah. think we are anymore. I, I think we were supposed to. I think we're getting away from that, like Jeremy said. Yeah, I think this is the part where the writers are like, okay, we need to kill any sympathy for Shin we've created from the direction we're going now. And again, I think this series would be better if it was allowed to focus more on Shin and he was allowed to be more the main character and we were supposed to sympathize with him. Because I think we are to a degree. I th think you're supposed to be, like have a group of fans who's on Shin's side and I think they do a very bad job of cultivating that group. Like I've said before, he's very American movie protagonist where he's supposed to be like the loose cannon cop He's so good at his job, he gets away with more than he should. But again, because they haven't had the screen time to devote for him and they have these other characters in the way, they haven't been able to portray him as that. Even though, again, it's not even like, a oh, they wrote it poorly. They just weren't able to do it. And I think, like I said last week with the Mayron scene, that really said to me, like, I like this has show don't tell problems. I'm like, actually, it doesn't. They have shown that Shin is a great pilot repeatedly the problem is is next to Athrun and kira who yeah. are even better pilots usually and ray and luna have suffered from that because they're also supposed to be you know really good pilots and they've done nothing compared to him but all shin does is destroy like 30 grunts every time but there are always so many grunts it doesn't feel yep. like anything mm -hmm. and a lot of his like big things are hunting down battleships which have already been presented with have difficulty targeting mobile suits like we saw that in the first series so having Shin be able to wipe out these fleets is not actually that unusual because we saw Atherin and Diarka and them wiping out a space fleet in the first season. Well, also, every time Shin does it, he's in like a rage, which makes you like, I don't know, the fact that he goes berserk every time he does it. Like the, the show doesn't want you to like the fact that he's doing it every time it happens. Well, so it, it doesn't seem like an accomplishment. It's fine to have a main character that isn't really likable that happens in a lot of different series but you're when you're shin is punchable even <laughs> that's kind of the issue is that i don't want to see shin succeed but the series still wants me to see shin succeed like i said i don't think it necessarily wants you to but i think it wants one of us on the podcast to. that's more of what i mean is that the viewing experience wants somebody to sympathize and be on that side 
even though he's not a particularly likable character. Whereas, like, Atherin and Kira, who are doing a lot of the same things early on, you're very much more on their side, even going into this one, because you look at it, what they're doing, you know, and they're conflicted about what they're doing. They're, they're trying well, to do the right thing, and they're conflicted about whether or not it is. Shin here is just like, yeah, I'm going to get people killed, and I don't really give a shit. Yep, which is weird, because that's like his whole thing, is that he doesn't want more people to die in stupid wars. We need more about him talking, and there was the right in the original as well, and it was kind of shown as a fallacy there, so maybe that's why they didn't. But we need Shin being like, okay, following the orders of headquarters and wiping out the Earth forces is the fastest way to end this war, which is the fastest way to stop people from dying. We need him to, like, say that. Yep. And we probably needed him to say that, what episode are we on? 31 somehow? We probably needed that, like, I don't know, 20 episodes ago? I mean, 20 episodes ago, ago, war was beginning, but 15 episodes ago. Well, because we had from the earlier episode where we know that Shin was kind of anti-war and he became a pilot in order to you know, protect people. From what we've seen so far, we kind of needed to see more of him shifting away from being so vehemently anti-war to being this kind of, like, almost bloodthirsty pilot that he's starting to turn into. I mean, been kind of seeing him do that, but yeah. there's also been some scenes where he's like, I really like the fact that I protected these people. But we haven't seen him, like, we haven't gotten a good view into his headspace yeah and like we definitely had with kira and atherin which is i think why they're a lot more relatable and i think that's the biggest problem really is that we don't have enough time in shin's head i will say the first time i watched this i was more on shin's side here than i am now but watching it here here's i think really the point where they stop trying for lack of a better term high point tyler I actually kind of have a couple, but I think I'm going to go with just, like, how crazy Stella is while she's just, like, shooting a bunch of stuff. Oh, no, I like, all the scenes with the Destroy are, like, really well animated, and I really like the gravitas that they manage to convey with it. Zach? Man, I was going to go with uh, showing just how power get the, the degree they went to to make the Destroy look powerful, but since Tyler kind yeah, of... I try not to take the easy ones, uh, but... <laughs> took that one. I think I might have to go with the way they did most of Gladys's reactions through this one. This is, I think, like the most of Gladys's reactions to what's going on that we've gotten so far. And I think they did a really good job of that. Like when she's interrogating Shin and when she gets the news that he's basically being let off scot-free. Yeah, yeah, getting off scot-free as well as just her reaction when he shows up in her office again, just acting like a smarmy little bastard. And I think those are third people like you who are like, Shin should be killed for that. Like, we have a void point of view character in this series that agrees. Not or, necessarily killed, just punished. Yeah, yeah. Like, again, the destroy is the obvious one. But I'm going to go with Maru momming at Kira. Oh, yeah, that is actually a really good That was good my moment. second choice, actually. So I got so tangled up on, like, how good they did the destroy. I mean, that would end. be my number one. But the momming is my number two. So that's what it's going to be mine. Low point, Tyler. I have a couple. Like, a lot of the things I'm considering as low points are not actually super low points. I think I'm actually going to have to go with the nothing that came of Athrun and Shin trying to have a debate. And I'm not sure if that's just because Ray cut them off, but I kind of felt like it was not really going anywhere anyway. Well, and that's how Ray justifies cutting them off, right? Like, yeah. Hey, this isn't getting you anywhere. Like, it's not a super low point, but I actually, like, I wanted one of them to come out as, like, I wanted the show to make a statement about an ideology there, and it didn't. Yeah. Zach? The complete and total lack of consequences for Shin. Like, he's in the brig for five minutes. Yeah, I am, again, perfectly okay with that no, because Durundle is clearly an asshole. I'm so. just, like, having it last a bit longer would have made it more important. 
Here it basically feels like crossing the T and dotting the I. Like, we don't really care. It's not important that he was punished or what he did, basically. Honestly, I think it would have meant a bit more if, like, they had to go get him out of the brig to go deal with With the destroy. Uh, Yeah, exactly. And then have it come through that he was being forgiven after dealing with the destroy or while they're dealing with that instead of having him basically get out scot-free within five minutes of on-screen time. Also, again, what if Atherin just took the impulse because he's an able-bodied pilot? Except with this one in, like, I I said the same thing, obviously, but because the impulse is the really stupid fucking design, if it was one of those things where it's like, we need our, the guy who's the best in this and having Atherin Say, we need Shin. That would have been fine. Yeah, you have to have it, again, like, again, I just rewatched the original Gundam, but like when Rambaral boards the white base and Bright lets Amara out of the brig, he's like, should I get in the Gundam? And he's like, no sailors in the Gundam. I need you to man this machine gun turret. And Amaro has grown up, so he's like, all right. Then immediately they're like, no, Amaro, get in the Gundam. Clearly we need you there. <laughs> Why was Amaro in the brig at that point? Because uh, he commandeered the Gundam. Okay, yeah. So having it be that where it's like, okay, this thing is such a danger to everything. We need the guy who's best in this Gundam. We need Shin. And having Atherin basically say that, or, you know, anybody say that, Gladys, Atherin, whoever the case may be. Instead, it's just, all right, punishment apparently doesn't exist. Also, now that I think about it, if Gladys really didn't want to punish Shin, she could have just not. She's a member of faith. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, I, I she think, could just although, do that. Although I think she... She had to report it, though, right? Yeah, she had to report it. So she reports directly to Durandal, and she did. And I think Gladys legitimately did want to punish Shin because this is incredibly stupid, incredibly dangerous, and it could get a lot of people killed, especially because he attacked members of his own damn ship. Yep. And military discipline. It kind of break down if someone can just leave. Yep. I'm not saying she should. What was your low point, Jeremy? Yeah, I kind of forgot. We didn't get to yours yet. I That Kigali scene that I talked about, it's not a bad scene in and of itself. It just feels like it's slow and repetitive in a series that has lots of slow. slow. And yeah. <laughs> Especially because we had already gotten, like I said, the scene from Kira previously. That's and- the repetitive part. <laughs> The slow part was the fact that it took five goddamn minutes. Especially because we'd already gotten the Kira scene last episode. Anything else, guys? Any other final thoughts? I don't think so. I'm kind of looking forward to next to the next episode. Yeah, me too, it's actually. It's actually kind of rad. All right. So we will talk about Phase 32, Stella, next week. Until then, we have to keep watching. It is our destroy... That's why the Archangel comes with its own hot springs. What? No way.